Hello, Misfits, and welcome back to another week of the podcast. This week, I have a conversation with my friend Jeff, and I was at their house, and we were just chatting in the kitchen for about 20, 30 minutes, and I was like, you know what, let's just hit record because I think there's value in the things that we're talking about, and hopefully it helps somebody. He is a father, a happy husband, he has a happy marriage, happy family, a very successful business, and we talk a lot about how he got there and the different paths in his life that led up to that. And just talking about his life and where he comes from, there's so much learning of different things that he went through that were struggles or how to look for positivity or different paths. And for me, just like hope, we had this conversation of when he was 23, 24, 25, what his life looked like versus where he is now in his life and just kind of connecting the dots backwards and perspective as always. So it was a fun conversation. We laughed a lot. And at the end of Mary came home from the Kane Brown concert and saw us off. So I hope you enjoy this conversation and get you some kind of value or entertainment or background noise while you're driving and if you are a family or friend of Jeff's I think that you will enjoy learning more about him and and how he thinks and believes in the things that he's been through so enjoy this podcast if it helps you or gives you value I would very much appreciate it to be shared on your social media or with your friends or family always so helpful and I appreciate you for being here all right we're rolling so, um, Mary is what what concert she at? She's at the Kane Brown concert at yeah. Rocket Mortgage Field. So we are coming to you guys with this this episode. Um, we had an awesome yeah. We're gonna hear these chairs squeaking. If you hear that in the background, I apologize. We went out for our friend's birthday last night, and it was super fun. What was that mm-hmm. place called? It was called the District. The District. The headquarters of Puerto Rican music. Puerto Rican music. It was awesome. And I left my wallet here. So uh, I live an hour and a half away from Jeff and Mary. And Mary called me this morning and was like, you left your wallet. So I drove back here after leaving here this morning. And I'm staying here tonight. And Mary's at the Kane Brown concert. So I said, Jeff, we're podcasting. We're podcasting tonight. So that's what we're going to do. So I'm going to talk and hang out. You know... We'll get to it, but I learned in, in Herbalife Nutrition about eight and a half years ago that leaders say yes. Yeah. So I said, I'm in. Tell yeah. me what I got to do. And we were already podcasting basically for the last hour in the kitchen because yeah. we're sitting here talking. And I was like, my my belief and one of the reasons why I did this is because no matter who I'm talking to, I feel like you can learn from every single person. Oh, yeah. Like their life experience, their totally. opinions. And it's just no matter what the conversation is, it doesn't have to be like a formal interview, but people can gain value just from the the level of conversations that we're having sitting, sitting in the kitchen. I feel like I'm learning something new every day, and I don't just say that. Constantly. Learning, learning. From learning anybody. Constantly. From people like what not to do. Exactly. <laughs> and people that you look up to, but... I drove for, what, three and a half hours today. I'm like, we are getting something productive out of 100%. out of this. Okay, so, Jeff, let's start with, like, who, give me your background a little who bit. Who is Jeff? Who is Jeff? Where do you want to start? How, well, how, I was born how, how, in, no, I'm just yeah. kidding. Um, just, like, 
cliff notes? Like, what's your kind of upbringing? What makes you who you are, you know? Okay, so it all, it all kind of ties together. My, my father's from Euclid, Ohio, which is a suburb of Cleveland. Okay. Um, and my mother's from Port Clinton. Okay. She is uh, Latina. That's far. It's kind of far. So, yeah. How so, um, my dad grew up going to Port Clinton, mm-hmm. that area, when he was really young, like in his teenage years, hunting mm-hmm. and fishing and those sort of things, you know, get out of that, like, city, I guess, mm-hmm. with my grandfather, Grandpa Jack, who's passed away about uh, 15 years ago. Um, and then, so I have, uh, his brother is Rick, my Uncle Rick, and they would, you know, hunt and fish and do all these things together, and then, you know, when he got in his early 20s, he was like, peace out city, and decided to move there with Rick, and met uh he actually got a job at a at a hunting club mm-hmm. like a duck hunting club and was a guide in like 1978 or whatever and met my mom there she was a waitress okay. for like these members and you know dad saw mom whatever they got married um about two or three years later and then had me in 83 so awesome. here we are and i have one sister and so i was born and raised in port clinton anyway so fast so forward they've been married uh they were married in 80 so like like Herbalife, right? Yeah. So going on forty two forty two years in June next year. So they That's just amazing. hit their forty one year anniversary. I know. So that has a lot to do with like Mary and I's relationship. Yeah. You know, her parents have been together for like, gosh, I don't even know. I think they just hit their actually their fiftieth wedding anniversary was a party we had in September for them. Okay. So for a long time, um, but anyway, so grew up in Port Clinton. Um, you know, I grew up. Every Saturday, every Saturday in the fall, duck hunting with my father. Okay. It's a very big part of my life, you know. It affected a lot of decisions when I was growing up, too, like going to college. And just, it was always who we were, what we did. Makes a little bit more sense to me why you just had a panic attack in the kitchen when you saw your neighbor was hunting, right? Yeah, I just was clicking (laughs) clicking through a couple Instagram stories and saw my neighbor, neighbor Matt. Looking over a duck marsh with his wife, Nikki, and you guys are going to probably hear this, Matt and Nikki, I'm going to send you the link. So, you know, clicking through my Instagram story, I see Matt and Nikki duck hunting. I'm like, what? Like, I want, I'm like, FOMO, totally. Mm-hmm. Like, I wanted to be there. Um, so anyway, uh, go, go through high school and my parents, all they knew was go to college. My mom actually was the, my mom has uh, 15 brothers and sisters. Wow. So um, she was like number four, four from the top of the oldest. And she was the first one to go to college and she graduated, right? So Bowling Green um, is where she went to college. Uh, I think of like a psychology degree or whatever. But mm-hmm. she got a really good job, you know, and, and she worked, you know, for I think, I don't even know, 30, 32 or 34 years, something like that, and retired and stuff like that. So. Was you know, education always. Education super... was always the premier, like, go to, go to, High school, get good grades, college, get good grades, and then, you know, you can land a really good job, right? And that, through, I mean, 70s and 80s, when they were growing up, that was definitely the case. You know, fast forward to when I graduated high school in 2002, that was a fading thing, you know, even maybe before that, but... Like, when you were growing up, did you strive for that, or do you feel like you were pushing against that? Like, did you want to get the good grades like she wanted? I I just did as well as I could in my own skill set with not really having to try mm-hmm. you know which maybe a lot of people can relate to mm-hmm. you do pretty good and you're not really trying that hard yeah until you like it out when you're on your own 
mm-hmm. and then life hits and you're like, oh shit, I gotta, like college. I gotta step it up. Yeah. Like college. Yeah. Like I didn't go to classes and I failed a couple of classes. I, I got accepted into a uh, Ohio university. I had applied to uh, like a bunch of colleges in Ohio, Ohio state, Ohio university, Bowling Green. Um, and I wanted to do business because business and finance, like stock market stuff, because one, one of my friends was like, I want to be a stockbroker. And I was like, cool. I don't really know what the hell I want to do. So that sounds awesome. Really? It has to do with, yes. That really shocks me. I didn't know that what I wanted to do. That is your thing. Numbers and like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the fact that somebody just randomly said that to you and yeah. you didn't Isaac. know that. I remember he was like, I want to go to go to Ohio State and be like in the stocks. And I was like, that sounds awesome. Like it has to do with money. Like yeah. wow, I want money. Yeah. So, you know, money gives you options to do things. So, um, I, you know, went into for business and got accepted into OU. So I was like, well, I'm going there. And I didn't think twice about it. Like, yeah. it was just like the natural next step. School, college. Yeah. So, um, that's where I met Mary. Okay. So she's from Menor. Mm-hmm. Actually, so I mean, Mary and I, we met actually early on in, in college. Like, this is like fall of 02. Um, because you know, graduated high school in the spring. Met her. She was actually dating this guy, Jim Morrison, okay. who we're great friends with today. Mm-hmm. Um, him and his wife Jess, um, and they have a bunch of kids too, like us. But um, so me and Jim were neighbors, like in the like not neighbors, but like dorm dorm like, dorm neighbors, if yeah. you will, like a couple doors down in the dorm on West Green at OU in Ryersall. OU, oh yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and we just, you know, like we had similar, similar interests like hunting and stuff mm-hmm. and outdoor activities. So I was like, we're friends. Cool. And, um, you know, we partied and did all the whole thing. So met Mary, she was super cool. She actually was going to Ohio state at the time within like one or two quarters. She like put a transfer in and transferred from Ohio state down to OU. So she cool. became a Bobcat, um, like by the spring. So we were all hanging out and having lots of fun and everything. I had tons of friends going out. And then, so, so Jim Morrison, this is like the whole full version. So Jim, <laughs> Jim Morrison and our other friend, Mike Stanek, who was down the hall, he was a lacrosse player. His um, AOL Instant Messenger handle was Stanek <laughs> 10 Because it was, his last name was Stanek and then Lax was lacrosse. Yeah. 10 is his number or whatever. Mm-hmm. I remember that to this day. He was cool as shit. I, don't, I haven't talked to him in a long so time. So did you I would like? Love to talk to him. Did you like? So those have guys. Have any Mister Stereo Girl energy with Mary, or was it just like, oh, that's my oh, friend's I was girlfriend? Like, this girl's the hottest girl I've ever seen. <laughs> She's absolutely beautiful, and I just you did. I, there's some stories then? I can't tell in the podcast. That you did I remember then? her saying, and I was like, I am into this girl. You felt that immediately. Oh yeah. That's so awesome. She's like nothing like no woman I've ever seen. That's so awesome. It's incredible. The personality, the yeah, looks, the, the like, the energy. Mm-hmm. She's amazing. That's the best. This is, word this is for, like when we're eighteen. That's, a, that's the best word for Mary is energy. Yeah, energy for sure. Um, like total polar opposites of my like mom, mm-hmm. you know, growing up and stuff, mm-hmm. or any girl that I'd ever known in high school, even mm-hmm. you know, because most people are like chill and like they don't want to be like seen as like fool like weird or whatever mary was didn't give a shit and yeah she was like i was like this girl's awesome yeah and, and for the record for everyone listening you'll figure out a lot went down before they actually got together and got married so that's why this was interesting to me yeah, it's not it, like you guys all... just started dating then and then it was you know they dated in college and peaced out that's not the story mm-hmm. so no i had this thing for mary from like the beginning so this is oh two and we got married 
you know, the big dash from when we met to when we got married it was 2013. So yeah, a bunch a, of years. A but, lot went down in between. So yeah. So going to sophomore year of college, um, Mike Stanek and Jim Morrison were going to this RA program, mm-hmm. like resident assistant. So mm-hmm. I was like, I'm doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So fast forward, I become an RA on the front four at OU in okay. Crawford Hall. And I'm having to like lead all these freshmen mm-hmm. that are entering the dorms mm-hmm. and so i'm in this like supervisor role i don't, didn't want anything to do with it <laughs> like after like a while i'm like kind of regretting it so like I, like all my friends were in different parts of the campus like i wasn't like really good at making friends mm-hmm. coming from a small town whatever just kind of close-minded mm-hmm. and like i was like i don't know if college is for me and this and that and so after do you think you're insecure or shy oh for sure yeah shy yeah. I mean, I, I could fake it. Mm-hmm. Even maybe now. It's mm-hmm. not my forte. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Doing our business. Um, but I I remember um, just having to like kind of fake it through. But um, after two quarters at OU, so like going into the um, spring quarter, finally I talked to my parents like, um, look, I got to take some quarters off and kind of rethink this whole thing. And my parents were supportive the whole time. And mm-hmm. that, that means meant and still means a lot to me yeah. you know having mm-hmm. a supportive they were, they were like, my mentors they were like, my mentors my parents school. yeah they're you know the 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 love no matter what even mm-hmm. though you, i didn't want to disappoint them mm-hmm. you know because you don't want to disappoint the people that are you're taking care of you so it was like scary but they know? didn't make you feel they like less me, than no but it did lead up to like going back to college and everything else so like why i went so took off spring of 2004 summer of 2004 goes and i'm like all the skills I learned, though, during those summers, like, my dad became a handyman and stuff because he had, like, left his job for that he had for 22 years because they had lawsuit issues. He, like, was, like, went out as an entrepreneur himself. That was, like, kind of the one breadcrumb that leads to, leads to what we do now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, like, hunting a lot and stuff. So, like, the fall I hunted, I was I started guiding at Winus Point where my parents met, you know, mm-hmm. way back when. I, and then, just side note, I guided from 2004 to 2014, 10 wow. straight falls. It was great. It was so much fun. But um, in like 2014 is when we started Herbalife, like mm-hmm. the year prior. So like I kind of had to hang that up to focus on business and yeah. kids stuff. But anyway, so um, so come around winter of 04 into 05, um, like I had to, I remember specifically having a sit down with my parents at the kitchen table and they're like, look, you know, you can go back to college. We want you to go back to college mm-hmm. or you can... Like, you're an adult now, you know? You can go back to college or you can get a job. Yeah. And you're probably not going to get a great job. You're going to, like, do a lot of, like, labor type mm-hmm. stuff because you don't have any credentials. Mm-hmm. And I never really heard that before, you know? Mm-hmm. So put it put it to me they like that, like, straight. And like, yeah. giving me the options to understand different paths to take. So I was like, well, fuck that. I'm mm-hmm. going back to college because mm-hmm. I don't really know what I want to do yet. And mm-hmm. I definitely know it's not... Did you not like, enjoy the numbers and stuff when you were doing it? What numbers? The, like, administration thing. Like, the first year you were doing all the... The RA stuff? Yeah. That It was more like managing people. Because mm. it was like... I was in, the, like, the RA room in the in the dorm. And there was, like, all these residents. I got you. And, like, have, like, talk to them and, like, that was coordinate like a, That things. was like a married job, not a job. Oh, yeah. Job. Like, doing the people? <laughs> yeah. You're like, I'm, like... I'm, like, more like, give me the job. Go mow the lawn. Yeah. Oh, Alone. it'll be the best mowing, mowing job that's ever been done. Yes. Because that's pretty, whatever. Okay, so where do you think that comes from? 
Huh? Where do you think that comes from? Like, task-oriented. I don't know. It's a trick question. Like, do you know? No. I'm just wondering. Like, I don't know why. Like, all the way back to... Probably just, uh... You're Either definitely a perfectionist. Part, part I would personality, say. like yeah. who, who, you know, how I look, view the world, and part personality and part like you know doing things like with my parents or friends, like growing up. Mm-hmm. Like if dad was like, "Hey, I need help. Come do this." Mm-hmm. I don't know what else. You mm-hmm. know. Yeah. My parents weren't really like super charismatic, and they weren't in sales mm-hmm. or like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They weren't like orators. They didn't command a stage or yeah. they were just like they do things yes they're employees yes task task oriented so mm-hmm. it's just kind of the yeah. tradition just passed down whatever yeah. so you decided to go back to college so i decided to go back to college and then so i went back in i remember mean, it was like the like january of i want to say oh, five because i remember my back was absolutely freaking freezing and i was like I signed back up to go to this and like have to walk to class and stuff and I'm, I I like warm and 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 in general, OU is a big it's like long. I had to walks. walk from like my house on Oak Street, which every morning I woke up on Oak Street. I mean, I only know OU for at OU. Some, and there would be dead cockroaches so on our and 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 beer cans and stuff like this Ugh. is filthy. And like I just was living with my parents for like two summers or whatever. Yeah, it's like all clean and you yeah. know like hi yeah, whatever. Like I gotta, I gotta figure life out. Yeah. This is because you know, of that conversation. Mm-hmm. Turning point. Yeah, like I gotta, I gotta grow up. Yeah. That was that conversation. I gotta make my own decisions and kind of live with like the consequences, mm-hmm. good or bad. So like I have, I can create my future, sort of. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the precursor to that. So, go to college. Mary and I aren't really like, um, no, we're not enemies. We're just not. Like in the same active group. friends. We're not in the same yeah. friends group anymore. So we kind of went our separate ways. So anyway, full on focus, like head down, butt up. I'm going to get my degree. Mm-hmm. Then I have my credentials. If my, my uncle Rick was like a very wealthy insurance mm-hmm. salesman, mm-hmm. he had a, built a great business with nationwide insurance and all this kind of stuff. Like, and he had a, I knew he had a wildlife biology degree. I'm like, this joker can get a biology degree and be successful. I can do it too. Mm-hmm. So all these things, right. Mm-hmm. Lead to today. So Graduate, um, actually end up uh, having a girlfriend at the time mm-hmm. and having Bella, who's now uh, 14 and a half, to be 15 in February. Uh, right now it's the end of November of 2021, so you can do the math. So she got pregnant while you were in so, school? Yes, yeah, so I was a senior in college. She okay. got pregnant, um, had her then um, uh, February of 2007. So like we were dating and stuff, and then so Bella was born, and then I finished out the rest of my classes to to meet the graduation requirement like that spring and summer. So when so you like, find out you're having Bella, what is that experience? That experience is, oh shit. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. like you gotta just figure this out. I mean, were you that, like, were you like all I knew was happy like, in a relationship? Were you devastated? I was like, totally happy. Was, like you were. Cause like, I don't, I was scared, mm-hmm. but like, I'm so I'm scared. I'm going to like, we're, we're together in this yes. venture. Yes. So I wasn't going to leave. Like, you know, like I'm yeah. not going to do this on my own sort of thing, you yeah. know? So we got to like come together and we have Bella. And then so like, I'm like, I need a job. I need a good yeah. paying job that has together. insurance. Mm-hmm. Cause like my parents share, you know, yeah, my parents are employees, right? Yeah. Pay and insurance are, are yeah. things for security. And you have a baby. No. And I got a baby. So yeah. like, I got to provide not just for myself. 
but for her and the, and the baby and stuff. So get a job um, doing what my college degree is. My college degree is geographic information systems. It's computer mapping. Okay. So like I went from business finance. Totally failed, Chinese to me. Failed accounting, failed calculus. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. These are like the, the foundations of like yeah. anything business. So like I got to rethink this. Mapping and, ge- and like geography was super easy to me. And like mm-hmm. I love like spatial and visual orientation, seeing things. Yeah. Audiovisual type of stuff. So it's crazy too because it was like before even like technology is the way it is today. It was like ancient back then. Yeah. So it's come so much right. so far. Have Bella and then a couple years goes by, you know, actually ended up having a four-year job in uh, Worcester, Ohio. And then went through the breakup with my ex during those four years. So then I moved back to Port Clinton. It was a little, a little bit with my parents because like, I think I just, I think I was so fed up. I quit my job and didn't even have a job to go to in Port Clinton. Mm-hmm. But just, I'm, I'm so, I have so many blessings in my life that and within a week I had like interviewed at the like local county auditor's office in, mm-hmm. in, the, in the mapping office and I got a job. I became the GIS coordinator for Ottawa County within a week's time. So I was totally grateful that I was actually making more money than I was making before. And I had like autonomy to run kind of this little, little department by myself. And I had so many more skills than anybody had ever had before. Like they had the, the beginnings of something decent to offer, like the, the community as far as mapping goes for real estate property transfer and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I was like, Oh my gosh, like I already have so much more background and can make this thing way better. And that's, I guess, an underlying thing I have is my skill set. I, I feel hopefully what this podcast and this discussion can convey is like you have so many skills that you don't even know you have. That you've gained over that your you, life. That you gain over your life. I remember reading something from Robert Kiyosaki and he his book during those four years in Worcester my sister gave me a book called Rich Dad Poor Dad, and it oh, it yeah. talked about like, you know, your your personal finances, the money you make from your job or your business, your small business, you're bringing money into your home, your your income, is sort of like a business. You have income and expenses, so it kind of flipped the script on like your home as an asset, because it can appreciate or depreciate, but it's it it assets are what pay you, mm-hmm. assets are what make you money, and and uh, liabilities are what you pay money toward. I remember that because I was like writing. Rent checks and stuff. I was like, I want to be on the receiving end of this. This sucks. Yeah. I don't want to pay all this money out. I want to get paid it. So it kind of led into that. But started the little. It's like when you look back. I mean, obviously you're gonna to get to the point, but you know we're both Herbalife distributors at, yeah, at this we're point. Yeah, we're gonna talk about Herbalife. Yeah. Yeah, but like you can connect all these tiny little things. It's like, what are the odds that your sister gives you All these memories and all these things book. lead up to. To, of about a guy that Today. writes books about yeah. network marketing. It wasn't significant at the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like... You like look back in the dots. If I connect. give you one dollar, you're like, cool. But if I gave you a dollar mm-hmm. every every week even over two years, so about 50 years in a... Or 50 weeks in a year, after two years, you have a hundred. Like, that's significant. Yeah. That, you know, micro changes lead up to something bigger. This like whole conversation effect. is literally the thing that is most interesting to me in life. And what I spend most of my time doing is that, like, what, like, I want to, for the people listening, they are, they're going to hear, obviously, all the success and, like, the life that you have now. But it's, like, how, how do you reverse engineer that back to why it got there, how it got there? Yeah. Like, what did you learn in that process that... That was 
I was talking to to one of our Herbalife distributors about uh, a week and a half ago, and I said, Bree, if you could, if I could guarantee you, if you could guarantee that in even three years' time, could you tough it out? It's going to suck. Mm-hmm. But you know in three years you'll be at a certain level where you're making great, great money in Herbalife, like 15K. Yeah. Would you tough it out? Even going going to a city, say, that you don't have any interest in going to, but you knew in three years it would be 15 or 20K, would you do it? She said, absolutely. I said, right. Yeah. You, If you knew the outcome, you'd do it. Yeah. That's, you just don't know the outcome. You never do. You just got to trust the process and, and believe in yourself yeah. that you have the skills that can get you closer to that, something to that goal, yeah. you know, something to more desirable than you're in right now. And also when you think... There's a million pathways to take. So that's, it's like, where, which, way should I, which way should I go? And my favorite thing um, Garaby always says is like, you're never going to know the alternative. Like a lot of times people get so stuck on something because mm-hmm. they're like, do I go left? Do I go right? Do I do this or do I do that? He's like, you just make a decision because you don't know. Like he's like, if, if you have two job offers and you go with the right, right hand. Yeah. Okay. Turn right, and then right. you're like. What a lot of people do is they spend the rest of their time going, what if I would have went left? And he goes, okay, maybe you maybe you made the wrong decision and you should have got that job. He's like, but then if you got that job on your way to work, you got hit by a bus because you had to take the other street to work. And then the guy's just looking at him. He's like, that literally could happen. <laughs> yeah. You don't know. Like maybe that would have been, and that goes into like, if you're super upset about, like, you wanted to be with this person, you had the perfect plan, well, what if your life with that person is not what your life is supposed to end up as? Like, whatever decisions you made, negative or positive or failure or whatever, like, at the time, I'm sure, sitting in your parents' house, you, with Bella, as a single dad, you weren't like, this is exactly how life is supposed to be. (laughs) I was like, my life is so screwed up. You yeah. know, because they didn't know anything. You, yeah, you just don't the, know what you where, don't know. What was your mindset like when that happened? Like, were you depressed? Oh, yeah. 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 Because, like, again, my parents were together forever. Yeah. And. Did you carry the I didn't the really hopes have many girlfriends that? growing up. Did so you like, carry the hopes a, of that in that relationship? I'm sure. Subconsciously. Yeah. Maybe yeah. not like. Yeah. I was, it was like, okay. Especially when find she's out, pregnant. Find out she's pregnant. We're going to have this baby. Like, I'm mm-hmm. scared to death. Mm-hmm. And she said, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have the baby. Yeah. I said, well, okay. I'm, I'm here to support you. I'm going to be a dad. Yeah. I'm not going to abandon. Like, that's yeah. cowardice. Not right? in you. Know, you yeah. um, but you guys were in a relationship? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I... I wow. I remember um, months in i was going back to ou i was still a senior at ou mm-hmm. and um i remember exactly where i was standing because like you remember these things that are emotional like like i could look like it was yesterday yeah. we we're standing at the door getting ready to go back sunday afternoon sunday evening and stuff you know because like classes on monday morning and my dad's like you know he's like you you know we know about whitney mm-hmm. you know we know she's pregnant and stuff, and like I didn't, I didn't, I had never told them straight up. I why did never, they? Why did they know? I don't know. Just vibes. They just know. Yeah. I mean, people talk, you know. Yeah. Okay. You know. And they just, they just knew, or maybe somebody was like, you know, congratulations or whatever. Yeah. You're gonna be a great. I don't know how they knew. I didn't really ask, but I just 
welled up and, you know, it was like, I felt so, um, like I, the shame I didn't want, I shame I didn't ask. want to tell them. I was just about to ask, did you hold shame oh, for yeah. that? Mm-hmm. But when my dad said, you know, we know, and he's like, you know, no matter what, we're going to love you. And we're here to support you. I meant everything to me. Yeah. Even today, you know, like it's get emotional. It's, yeah. It's, Makes so, me choked though. Cause so, it's like that for so many people listening. That is they, a nugget in and of itself. Like yeah, how to so love people, someone. For so many people listening, they do not have that relationship with a parent. It's like, like that is amazing. Yeah. And so, it, it gives to all of us listening, like what kind of parent, you know, you can be. Cause it's like, I feel like no matter what parents you have, and I think about this a lot, whether you don't have them, they were absolute train wrecks or they were absolutely perfect. Like you learn things from them and you also have trauma from them. Mm -hmm. Literally, no matter what, no matter how you're raised, you're going to have issues of some sort or and things you learned every direction that you take. I remember too, I don't know what age I was, probably, I don't know, eight or ten because I was Sometimes, I mean, I was a pretty straight-laced kid. Like, I didn't really do too many, you know, quote-unquote bad things. But I remember getting, you know, set my dad's nerves off a couple times. I remember being on the one one chair, and he got in my face and yelled at me and was like, you can't do this. And I mean, at the top of his lungs. Mm-hmm. I was scared to death. Mm-hmm. You know, these, these certain moments I have flashbacks about. Like, mm-hmm. I was never afraid. Yeah. You know, just you know, get in my face, like, yell, like, oh, my yeah. God. But anyway, so he said that to me about, you know, we'll always love and support you. And that, that like I said, is a, like a like a nugget, uh, something to learn from in and of itself. You know, everyone has bad shit. You know, if you don't now, good for you. You're gonna. Because, <laughs> you, know you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Whether it's parents or friends or... or something you that you're gonna, like, shame something, about. Something you're gonna have shame and pain from. And, you know so like you have that and the people around you do too love them where they're at and i can can't harp can't you know tell that enough because look i mean we're all going through shit and we just want to be loved and respected and um not we all have that shame and and feel feelings of pain and guilt just wow i just can't stress enough like just love people where they're at and be there to support one another especially in this world in them it's what you just said like every reason that everyone does everything is to be loved Mm -hmm. everything yeah whether it's like getting trying to get some significance from doing something bad or overreacting or like overdoing things to be with somebody or please someone it's like we're all I always say this we're all like five-year-old versions of ourselves Mm -hmm. like just just love me like that's why people are doing everything it all revolves around that I'll tell you right now my I have you know so I mean I didn't finish the full story but you know Bella's 14 and a half now when I I'll tell the quick story about you know when Mary and I got together um in a second but you know, she actually had what kind of linked us up. Well, I'll tell you the full story. So we, we, um, I ended up, uh, it was 2000 is the new job when I became the GIS coordinator in Otto County mm-hmm. that fall, it was 2011 when I got that job, mm-hmm. the 
first guys that came around the office to meet the new guy, quote unquote, which was me, the GS coordinator. Like I have sort of a uh, influence on our county's ability to spend money. So they yeah. wanted to talk to me. Yeah. And like get me and our county to buy their program programs that they mm-hmm. were selling, trying to sell. So the guys that came around were uh, John Cross and Steve Koenig. Mm-hmm. So like I'm like Steve Koenig, like and so they were the only guys that came to my office, met me. So that like in a month, like a month later, I went to a GIS conference in Columbus, mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, I'm gonna go try to find these guys that came and introduced themselves to me because they're the only ones that I know. Mm-hmm. Like remember, I'm not really great at making friends, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna go find these guys that comfort, right? Mm-hmm. So I go up to their booth, the the Bruce Harris booth, and John's there, and you know he's like, you can hang out with us. I was like, yes. Like, felt good to be invited to something. And then the guy who was working with the Steve Koenig. I'm like, Steve, man, where are, you, where are you from? Like, I knew this girl back in college. Her name was Mary Koenig. This is Mary. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm from Mender, Mender, Ohio. And I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. <laughs> like, I was like, this girl I knew from college, Mary Koenig is from Mender. He's like, bro, this is my sister. I was like, what? So. Universal uh, Lines. I was like, what in the world? So, um, what, how, he's like, let, we're, we're going to... Let's gonna... do this. How, how old was Bella when you became a single dad? Um, this would have been like, oh, like two, two and a half. So, that Not was what three. year? So, so like 2009. And when did Mary seven. become a single mom? I don't even know. Like, oh, or two, 2011, I want to say. And how... Early close... 11. So Mary has Peyton, you have Bella, live in your own lives, don't see each other. Right. How old is, how close are the girls in age? They're like 13, maybe 14 months apart. Okay. Now tell me the reconciliation of how you two get together. Okay. So I meet Steve and then those guys are like, hey man, you want to go to dinner with us and drinks and stuff at, you know, it's like Saturday at the conference. It's a weekend conference. Sure, let's go. So we get uh, we go to this bar on in Columbus, and we have lots of Patron shots. <laughs> so sounds um, great. It was so much fun. I'm just letting go. You're like, hey, where's your sister? All I gotta days? do is make sure I show up to the conference tomorrow morning. Like, yeah. you know. So um, I get liquid courage, and I decided to go on Facebook Messenger and contact Mary. I'm like, look up with your brother. Facebook and like, Messenger. And, yep, and I think I can still pull it up. Down to this in day. the DMs, really? Yes. What did you with say? With her. I don't even... I said, I'm with Brother Steve. Yeah. With Brother Steve. Okay, not, so not how did brother. I get to the point where you so, physically saw each other? So this is like in September. Okay. So, and like, I think I FaceTimed her or whatever. Anyway, so um, I was like, you know, we should get together, reminisce and stuff. And like a couple weeks go by, like we're leading into Christmas, like kind of like this time... Yeah. Ten, it's 10 years ago. We're coming up to the 10-year anniversary when we first went. So... I'm like, Mary, you know, my dad's side of the family is from this area, Menor, yeah. Euclid. Like we're going to be getting together with family around Christmas. We should, you know, maybe go out and have a drink. Yeah. Just kind of chat it up. So yeah. uh, she brought all of her friends with her stuff like oh, for like safety. Fail. Right. Fail. She thought it was going to be like a reminisce about college. I was like oh, full court press. Like I'm trying no. to get with this girl. Yeah, that's the truth. So, oh. so we go to 1899. You're like, I'm friend zoned immediately. Friend zoned. Right. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, you know, but I remember they walked in and she kind of like stood next to me because like, you know, we were. Yeah. And I like just, 
we're talking and I kind of like petted her like back and stuff and like just kind of like whatever. I'm interested. A little affectionate. I'm more a, than I'm just friends. Here. We're like, we're so, I'm interested. Yeah. And we had that connection because she was recently single with yes. Peyton and I was recently single with Bella. So yeah. we had a lot to talk Living about. Living the same life. Yeah. And a lot of things also came full circle. Like her parents were together forever. We yeah. share a lot of the same values and stuff and yeah. whatever. Um, so then we started dating. So this is Christmas day, like that evening mm-hmm. of 2011. Mm-hmm. And then like a week later was New Year's Eve. We spent New Year's Eve together, did the whole ball job and making out. I mean, we made out for <laughs> hours. It's like, we were just, we were telling each other we loved each other after like a week. That is so awesome. And so we fell so hard for each other. And then come into like the beginning of, you know, January of 2012 I remember, um, you know, I'm like, you want to come over to my parents' house, you know, yeah. and hang? So, you know, it's like, we were both were in that situation. She was living at her parents' house. I was living at mine. Yeah. She met Bella. Bella hadn't really been seeing her mom much at all for like, God, a year, year and a half. Yeah. Like a handful of times. Like a, yeah. Like kind of one hand. So. This um, divine intervention. Yeah. It's so, like, it's. Well, Mary's not mom yet, but. Yeah. This is a refreshing thing for Belle. Yeah. Um, did her hair and stuff. Yeah. Like, my mom didn't really do that. The, mo- the motherly figure for Belle over the last year or so. Yeah. So, um, 2012. So, August of 2012, Mary ends up quitting her job as a credit analyst. Mm-hmm. Working in a cubicle, if you know Mary. That's, like, yeah, crazy to think I about. I can't even believe that. With a headset on. She did, She's probably like, hey, guys, what are you what are you doing over there? Yeah. So... <laughs> So she quit that. We bought a house and lived in Port Clinton. Mm-hmm. This is August of 12. We're going to get married in June of 13. So like the following year. Everything was going fast. Yeah. Um, and in the spring of 2013, like I'm still going through the drive through at my county auditor GIS coordinator position. And she starts going to this place with a green awning. Mm-hmm. And it, she's like, well, I'm like, I'm like, I'm head over heels for this girl. I have been for... Years and years and years mm-hmm. back to OU. Yeah. Like, I just want to spend every minute, waking minute with her. And so I'm like, well, we're going to do lunch. We're going to have lunch all the time together and everything. So I'm like, well, I'll grab you something through the drive through And she's like, no, I'm, I'm going to have one of these shakes. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that's whatever. I'm not, you can do you. Yeah. I didn't, I'm getting, like, I'm I didn't getting tell a her it was gross. But I'm, I'm getting, like, I'm I don't know. I'm getting a Baconator, I, man. I'm going to do me and you do you. Cool. Yeah. I'm getting the bacon in her, right? It was, or it was actually, I, I swear to God, it was it was called the W from Wendy's. Where'd you go, Wendy's? Wendy's. Oh, I was Wendy's. a McDonald's girl. Yeah. I don't know. Wendy's, we were, Wendy's we were is Wendy's. quality, okay? Yeah. Whatever. I was, I was a white trash McDonald's in that. Wendy's also was really like a quarter mile from my office. Like, it was so easy. Just mm-hmm. go there, boom. Yeah, like, I had a half hour on lunch. You, I don't have you, time to go to McDonald's. Were you chubby? No. No. No, and, and, Fast metabolism. and Herbalife is like, we tell our stories a lot. I'll tell my story in a second. This is the really long version of my story. But um, I, as far as the weight loss part of it, it's like I was like a French fry. I was skinny on the outside yeah. and fat on the inside because I didn't really have a lot of weight to lose. But my energy sucked. Yeah, terrible. And it was crabby and all sorts of stuff. So, um, so I like bring my, you know, drive through lunch and she's having this shake and you know, the tea and stuff. And she's like, I want to really, I want to do these, I want to do these at home. And I was like, absolutely not. Like we don't make much money. We're like house rich, money poor. 
like she was working part time from she was working at my uncle's insurance agency. Remember mm-hmm. my uncle I was telling you about? He was like, you know, you can, we can put, give Mary some hours so she can make some money if she wants. And uh, so we would, I would, we would go there, and she would, she was working for not much money, and you know, so finally I was like, she was so persistent about wanting to do the shakes because our wedding was coming up. Mm-hmm. She was like, I want to lose some weight and look better in the dress. I'm like, okay, like that benefits me if you look good mm-hmm. and you're more, you know, whatever, like. Happier, happy with yourself. Yeah. Happier with yourself. It's going to, I guess, self-centeredness. Like, yeah. it's going to benefit me. It's like a self-preservation. I don't have much money. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, scared and all these different yeah. emotions. Lack. Like, yeah, lack, totally. Because, I, I, like, sales had never entered my brain at all mm-hmm. in my life. Yeah. It was go to school, get a good job, right? That whole, the whole thing. So, end up going to what we call an HOM, mm-hmm. which is an Herbalife opportunity meeting where mm-hmm. they talk about the business side of things and up until then i mean it's been a couple shakes here a couple shakes there i mean i tried mary shake i was like oh, that's really good but mm-hmm. i mean i prefer the sandwich with the bacon and the fried right. ketchup and all the stuff so um we met our sponsor mike and d and a couple other guys and they told the stories about how they got involved and you know they th- at the time it was workouts like fit clubs yeah, and yeah. stuff they were working out like crazy I was like, okay, I know I need to do this. Yeah. You know, we all, we all kind of know what we need to do. We don't want to do it. For we, sure. we don't do it for whatever reason. Hold for us sure. back. So I was like, I know I, I, I got to make changes. Like, I don't think in like the book that I read, Richard, I poured it, it was like, you know, for things to change, I need yeah. to change. But it just made sense. Yeah. I need to make a change. So I was like, okay, Mary, we'll do this. And, you know, the first month we became senior consultants yeah right away you know like placed a big order and got all the shakes <coughs> and then the next like what they were saying at the meeting was you know you go to events and you be coachable i, I don't i i'm trying to remember specifically that they said that but i just know that it was like you go to this next event which for at the time was the ldw was in, in july and we went there and it was at a casino and I was like, oh, cool. You know, it's like a, an escape on the weekend from my job mm-hmm. at a casino. And then that's where we heard bigger stories about incomes and stuff. And I, I remember, um, so my sponsor, our sponsor is Mike and D Lento. Their sponsors, their, our uh, press team upline at the time is uh, Dr. Nick and Shana Fabrizio. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Nick and Mike were like full court press on me because they're business minded too, business focused as what was I was. That's what was like interesting to me about the whole thing. It wasn't weight loss. It wasn't muscle gain and all those things. That's like how we do our business. But it was like that. The, the money was the result of, the, of all the work. Because yeah. up until then it was like, you know, like we were talking before we started recording was everything that I've done is task oriented. And if I'm going to do a certain job, I'm going to do it as best as I can. Just like a natural ambition. Why not? Like, do the best I can. Even at the county auditor thing, I remember like we had a woman retire and I went to my boss and I said, look, she retired. I can do all her stuff too. Yeah. Can I get a pay raise? I know how much she makes. It was way more than I'm making at the time. And and, and he was like, no, it's not in the budget. Like it, yeah. for them, it was, they were saving her salary. Yeah. And you can keep yours, yeah. keep yours or leave it. I was like totally deflated. Like why yeah. would I work any harder? Ceiling. Completely shut, T- total shut down. So shut that's down when Herbalife was like, you create your own income. I said, 
I don't care what I have to do. We're going to do it. Yeah. And, you know, Jack and Tim and all these top 1% guys came up and shared their incomes. And I remember the one guy shared that he had made more in the last month than I made the last 12 months. Mm-hmm. And I was, we were invited to a, a, it was in the summer, it was in July. We were invited to a weekend, like camp, like a bonfire and stuff that Saturday night. And I was like, Mary, I don't know what it is, but we cannot go to this bonfire and leave this seminar if our situation is going to change. We need to do whatever they're telling us to do. We went in the hallway. I must have been on our phones and we signed up as distributors. Yeah. And we stayed. And, you and know, I, I think what's most pertinent to me listening to this, because if you're not familiar with Montalvo marketing or whatever, the the story is just representing the fact that when you see some type of bigger opportunity and then you have the courage and the faith to like go for it. Like your brain only saw life one way and this happens to us every single day if we pay attention and you said something in the kitchen that stuck with me and you're like, I don't think my antenna was up before. Your eyes are not open to what you're looking for in your life. It's like different opportunities are coming to you every day and it's not a bit just a business opportunity it's a person that you meet that introduces you to a different person yes that takes you to a different church that you meet this person from the church that then leads you into meeting the love of your life or or the job that you're supposed to do or whatever and you saw a vision of something and that's why we share stories because sometimes you know multi-level marketing gets a bad rep where it's like oh, they're promising success or whatever. And I know that there are some bad companies that have been like, get rich and do nothing, you Mm -hmm. know, but I think Herbalife does a really good job of, like, we get up there, I'm a real person, I share share my story, and now we have all kinds of stuff from the FTC, like, we can't even share most of our incomes anymore to protect, to protect people and because you don't get something for not doing anything. Multiple marketing, it just takes out the the middleman in this when people have a hard time with multiple marketing or make fun of it i never understood because i'm like why would you be totally fine with paying walmart or target or whatever but not your cousin or your your sister because it's just the distribution is different Mm -hmm. instead of one you know monopoly running everything it's multiple different people that get to distribute that's a whole nother topic for a different day but the fact that you guys saw this opportunity and your brain was immediately like, I'm going to do, I'm going to go for it. I, um, I, I skipped over an important thing. Like back then the situation had various reasons why it was like, we're doing this. Yeah. One was she quit her job at um, Bank of America mm-hmm. and moved to Port Clinton, um, uh, to pursue, she had, she was like, I know credit Anal analysis isn't for me. I don't want to do this anymore. So, and she wanted to help and save lives. Yeah. She wanted to help people. So she was going to nursing school, mm-hmm. like, like in you know, the evenings and the weekends or whatever. So I looked up in t- University of Toledo, which is about a 45 to 60 minute drive from, you know, where, where we were living mm-hmm. um, or where, where we bought our house was, it was a, it was a $50,000 uh, cost, mm-hmm. but it was a one year fast track program to like, bachelor's or master's of nursing mm-hmm. so like well get more education you yeah. know that's the that's all we knew yeah so you know you take on all this debt to get more education with i mean a pretty likely outcome you're going to become an rn and you know make more money 
that's the plan, right? So then enter Herbalife and we're like, we're totally in on this. And we got back on Sunday night from this training in Battle Creek, Michigan and went straight over to my parents' house like to pick up our girls and like take mm-hmm. them back to our house and all that stuff. And, you know, we said, I was talking to my dad and my mom and he said, we're totally in on this. We're going to, we're going to, so Mary, Mary is going to partner in our sponsor's nutrition club, the green awning place where she was mm-hmm. getting the shakes and learn the business. And I, we didn't really know what the future held for us at that time, but all I know is we're going to be around the people that had you what we excited. wanted. We were totally excited. Yeah. And, and you what, saw lives that you actually wanted. Yeah. Like that was they something living for the life me. we wanted. Yeah, that so. was something for me before I before Herbalife. What Herbalife did for me was I didn't look at anyone and be like, "I want that life." I never saw that. Like mm-hmm. I, that's why I had a hard time knowing what I wanted to do. So you guys seeing that and like having a new vision. It was new friends, new vision for our, what our life could be, and it was like. It was so much fun. Yeah. Why would we do anything different? So let's what take a risk. What was their reaction? My dad, we, you know, Mary was like, Dad, I'm going to, I'm not going to go to school. I'm not going to go to you know, college and do the whole nursing thing. I'm going to sell shakes. And his jaw hit the floor. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> like, are you serious? Because he had done other things, like network marketing things. He had. He had tried them mm-hmm. for five minutes, mm-hmm. you know, but, yeah. you know, didn't whatever didn't have the skills or didn't have the like do it and win at all costs mentality so he just you know he quit and said and maybe in his heart was like these things don't work but yeah so how many years ago is this this is in 2013 okay right after we had gotten married we got back from a honeymoon gained tons of weight the all-inclusive like a lot of things were like this is a no-brainer yeah so this was 2013 2013 and Mm -hmm. A ridiculous amount of hard work and mistakes and amazing and tragedy and everything else. Now tell me like what life is right now. So many stories. Tell me what life is right now. So, I mean, I was working part-time Herbalife. Yes. You know, when we got started. Around full-time Mary decided to stop working for my uncle and answering phones or whatever. Working in Mike and Dee's Nutrition Club. So, um... From 13 to the, like, middle to, like, in the fall of 14, we're, like, she was making a lot of sales of the nutrition products to her friends in Mentor. Like, yeah. we're just an hour and a half away. Yeah. And I was, like, Mary, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this. Like, mm-hmm. again, you know, full court press. If we're going to, like, cutting the grass. I'm sending them kitchen. Like, cutting the grass. This is going to be, like, progressive field. Yes. Like, growing up. Like, if I'm going to yeah. do something, I'm going to do it great. So, we're going to open one of these nutrition clubs in Mentor. I don't know how. We're going to find the cheapest price per square foot, mm-hmm. and we're going to do it. And I was so, so scared. But that mentality right there is probably one of the biggest reasons that you're successful in anything, not mm-hmm. just Herbalife or network marketing, is like people half-ass things constantly. Like I always use the example of a rocket ship trying to get off the ground. Yeah. Like what if they gave it 50%? It's never going to get off the ground. Right. And that's what people do with a lot of things. Their health journey, making a side income, their life, it's like yeah. half. I mean, for us, it wasn't, I'm quitting my job, you're quitting your job, and we're going to just do Herbalife. It was, we're going to do 
at whatever that is. So yeah. for her, it was, she's working full time. I'm going to keep my job and keep our family, you know, the, the bills paid and stuff. And I said, Mary, you're going to work your butt off to get out of our, our debt situation. Build we, the thing. We build the thing and the, like, we're, we had kind of that benefit because she could do it. Um, it was like, for me, it was a side hustle. Mm-hmm. And so from 13 to, you know, so, um, 2014 into 15 we opened our first nutrition club yeah made a lot of mistakes yeah so fast forward like two years Herbalife launched the distributor action program which is yeah. like just focused on a few basic things and just a quick you know cliff notes seven 2017 we were a global expansion team yeah and uh, right out of that event we went into cuts of global expansion team 2500 which is, which is around like, how much a year income? Uh, income wise, well, the royalty is twenty five hundred dollars a month. Yeah. Um, probably I don't know. Five thousand. Five thousand a month. I so would like, say. I'll see. Yeah, fifty or sixty grand a year. I, was, I would think. Yeah. So I'm making my money, and she's adding fifty grand a year. This is this is a big deal. Yeah. You know, and yeah. and we're like, it is a big deal. We knew it was gonna be. Mm-hmm. But it's not enough for me to quit my job yet. Right. Like, we want this thing to be, like, 50 grand a month. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so then, going to the next year, uh, this is 2000. And also, more importantly, Mary's, like, thriving and happy and not answering Yes, thoughts. like, totally like in our purpose. Helping people lose weight and, look, and I mean, getting healthy. And... Telling the story and, and, and growing the check, growing the income, look, it's, it's like a lot of pain. You know, it's not all... Sunshine and rainbows. There's a yeah. lot of lot of trials and tribulations. With any dream or business. With anything. With a job. Yeah. It's you know if it's you don't like journey. it. It's a daily trial and tribulation. Yeah. Monday morning, right? Um, and I'm telling you, like, if we could do it, you can do it. It's just pouring your belief and your your hard work into something that's building your own future. So, going to 2018 millionaire team, and this is like six figures a year. Uh, and we had a quick, you know, from 17 into, um, like the spring of 2019. So like 18 to 20 months later, um, hit our three cuts to the president's team. And that's the top 1% in Herbalife, you know, and the maximum we can talk about from the rules, like it's, it's not typical to achieve the president's team. Most people don't for various reasons. So the maximum amount of money we can say from stage and even in recording is like 16 grand a month. You know, and we've made more than that. I don't know if I can say that. We've made many more than that from then on. And, I mean, the check typically... You make a high six-figure income. I'm sitting in a beautiful, gorgeous house. We have a $500,000 home. And, you know, we work a couple days a week at our nutrition club. The Kind of the the headquarters one that... We've duplicated nutrition clubs, like like multiple dozen of them. Mm -hmm. So we get a percentage of sales and bonuses and various vacations and things based on those percentages and bonuses um, every year from the company because we've duplicated the sale, like our personal sales of these nutrition products, we duplicated that many times over. Yeah, and changed communities. Changed communities, tons and tons of like weight loss and health improvements and all all sorts of... Part-time income, full-time income. Oh yeah, all of it. So, I mean, it's hard, hard work. Um, Very simple. We do a few things. We just do it really well and, and a lot of it. So... Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, in 2018, in August, I mustered up the courage to, I, I remember we got, we were flying back home from the Houston extravaganza, and I had had my resignation letter 
typed up in my saved drafts my email for like nine months really mm-hmm. so I you know was in the plane on the way back from Houston and Mary was sleeping and I was like F it and I hit send like I, I'm tired of this you know yeah. we're working I'm working like that had to have been all a these big, hours in my, my real job and like all these hours in Herbalife too like matching the hours and the money was great what am I doing I'm 35 at the time <coughs> I'm like it's become where time is more important than money. Yeah. Because we, we had, had added two more kids. Yeah. And I'm 35. Like, if you can think about in, in five years, I'll be 40. Yeah. Well, it's hard to, like, fathom. Because I remember yeah. just being that kid growing up with the sister and all those things we just talked about. I'm going to be 40 soon. And then, oh my gosh, only in, only in 10 years, I'll be 50 years old. What? What does that even mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like... Not really. Like, a sense of urgency... <laughs> Huh? You said, you know what I mean? I said, not really. Not really. I'm 25. I know. You're, shut up. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't related to the realization I'm going to be 50 yet. Yeah. Wait till you get over 30. And then it's, <laughs> you're 25. I'm 38. So, yeah, whatever. That's the end of that. <laughs> I remember when I was 25. I was going through some shit. Like the, all the shit we just talked about. I had Bill when I was 23. So, I guess it's my turn, So my Jeff. shit hit the fan when I was 25. Well, but here we well, there go. You go. Cheers. Dude, you got a left look for you. You're already crazy. You got pomegranate. <laughs> and, you're, and you're going through the shit. You're, we got you're pomegranate. On, you're on your team. way, as yeah. Jim Rohn would say or whatever. What's one thing, side note, what is one thing if Jeff could hover in to little 25-year-old Jeff and say to him, what would you say? Oh, my gosh. Just one, just one little... You know, I mean, there's the the things that come to mind right now are all cookie crumbs, like all these hundred points that lead into like, it's, there's no regrets. Yeah. Sort of. Because I would, like, like the thing I told you with Freddie, like I, I created a map. I, my skill set was in mapping. So I created a map for my really good friend who was like one of the premier uh, waterfowl hunters in the United States. His name was Fred. And they own their little duck and... Not little. They own a duck and goose call manufacturing facility in Port Clinton, my hometown. And they sold, you know, seven figures a year at gross. Like, they made millions of dollars in selling these duck and goose calls. And they started doing bags and gear and, like, decoys and all sorts of stuff. Like, they were the top dogs. And they would be in all the top waterfowl outfitting catalogs and stuff, like, nationwide. It was a big deal. So we were friends with them. So it was, like, a privilege. Be, I was telling Georgie, it was like, if you were friends with Garth Brooks... Like he was he was the shit, you mm-hmm. know. Like if you're friends with like, who's popular now? I don't even know Drake. <laughs> you know, like if you were if you were tight with Drake, like mm-hmm. what a what an honor, yeah. Pri- you know, privilege in the waterfowl hunting community. So, um, he goes. I made him a map, and he was like, he paid me five hundred dollars for it, and I was like, oh my god, this is the most money like ever. I was just out of college. And he's like, man, if you could just get a couple of those sales a week. And I remember him saying that, like, I, that wasn't even on my radar to even be in some sort of sales capacity. Because all I knew was go and learn and get skills to have a better job, re- better resume to get a better yeah. job. That's all. That's it. So I guess the 38-year-old going back and talking to the 18, 22, 25-year-old Jeff would be like, take more sales courses, mm-hmm. right? Courses, courses. Mm-hmm. Take more sales things. Like, get out of your way. 
get out of your comfort zone and be outgoing. Like I told some folks at the Nutrition Club this, this past week, like your network, just talking to people and asking them questions and be interested. So I'm Bella this today too, like being outgoing is the ticket. Yeah. Networking. Yeah. Literally. I mean, because you meet people. And like people, we just said, this doesn't have to be for business. Like yeah. life. It's just so much more enjoyable if you can be not shy. I was mm-hmm. so totally shy. <laughs> I was just saying, for me to see on the outside, like you have now three little boys yeah, and two girls and you've got to see and experience oh so gosh. many parts of the world. I can't even tell you how, how blessed and fortunate we are. And you have... To have been all over the United States. All I ever wanted to do... And you know world. what I got... Yeah, I mean, well, not all over the world. I've been to Singapore. It feels like all over the world. <laughs> Having gone there... Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah. I haven't gone to Europe. I'd love to go to Europe. You're going to. I'm going... I'm definitely going there. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, no, but... When the world opens but back up. to have this... What's going on? Marriage to Mary and three little boys... So blessed. ...and wow. this house and traveling and... Doing something that you love and enjoy every day and encouraging and inspiring other people. And, like, that dream that you guys had worked. Mm-hmm. Like, you're sitting here. Pinch me. It's crazy. But the thought of the depression, anxiety, and fear that was happening to a single dad living in your parents' house. It's like, if you could... To me, that just is like... No matter what is happening, like for me, being 25, it's like, you said you're how old? 38? 38. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what my life's going to look like at that point. So it's like, for anyone listening, if you feel like things are over right now, they're not. They're absolutely not. You know what just dawned on me? You just counted off all those things. And I think even back when I, I, would, I, would, I was crying a lot, sad. And I look back, and even during those times, I just, I don't know, like, I guess I'm an optimist. Yeah. I knew things are going to be better. They couldn't get worse, right? <laughs> well, they could. So, I mean, I guess they could, sure. But they if they would, they would. Yeah. So there's always, look on the bright side. Yeah. They, sure, they could get worse, but look positive. Like, I just had fun the whole time. Yeah. I just, like I was telling you offline, I seek pleasurable activities like yeah. right like i i love now traveling and dining out and just being social fun fun yeah life should be fun yeah. have fun even in those sucky times those shitty times yeah there's some friends you could seek out go hang out have some fun yeah but I also but humor. also you know disclaimer i mean don't be drinking and smoking and doing all these yeah. things you know you shouldn't be doing so much do some good things right like do some exercise and hydrate and read read i mean i love learning me too like my my like top couple tips i don't know three to five things would be like i love learning me personally so like learn every day you know read books um listen to podcasts especially this one um and just seek knowledge my next tip is just be resourceful. Sometimes you just got to figure it out. A lot of times. A lot of times you don't have money. So, like, YouTube is a free resource. You can learn just about anything you want on YouTube. So, 
part of me is like, if you don't figure your stuff out, it's your own fault. Not yeah. part of me, like it's your own fault. Yeah, Most, that's, that's so real. Like you, if whatever excuses you have, you get to keep them. Nothing makes less sense to me than someone listing off a reason, a list of reasons why they can't do something, and something that is really important that I feel like I should say is I didn't always have that mentality and why you're talking about learning I've developed that mentality from learning from reading books and people explaining to me why making excuses for yourself is never going to get you somewhere successful like yeah. so if you are your natural thing is negative pessimist your natural thing is why things won't work out your natural thing is like poor me mentality take a deep breath it's okay but you get to now go to work to change that because the the outcome of things that are going to come to you in your life what if you give me a list of excuses why you can't be successful like Jeff is talking about then you get to keep that you get to keep that list of excuses nobody's going to come and do anything about that for you all right so in 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 general we we have the story of how all these things are like connecting and you guys have this success in this this life now like if you could just give somebody a few things that have really you've really learned to this point in your life that you feel like have totally shifted and changed how you go about your life and seeing the world happier and more open like I'm reading the book I'm reading right now is the magic of thinking big so it's really on my mind right now of everything that we just went over as far as like actually the last chapter I just read was a whole page on the left of examples of how people see things that can't work and then on the right the exact same scenarios but shifted to ways that they can mm-hmm. like he did this thing where he was like okay so what if we got rid of all the prisons and in the u.s or Mm -hmm. whatever yeah and for 10 minutes they went in on how that would never work and and all the reasons why right crime would run rampant and all of these things and then at the end he said okay so just for giggles for 10 minutes just give me reasons why it could and by the end of the 10 minutes they had all of these ideas and like the energy was different and, Mm. and they're like well we could have more youth centers and so there'd be less crime than we would need is so it's like whatever energy you put you get so if you're going to put all your energy into why I just look at your life this is to you know to wrap this up I look at your life and what if you would have like went in on Mary and been like we can't do that why would we be able to do that we can't we don't have this. We don't have that. Why would we be successful? We don't look like Mike Lento. If you would have believed that, like, what life would you have right now? I don't know. I don't think we'd have the life we have now. For sure. You know. That's what I think about. Like I'd be they, they, overweight they know and my story. I, and I worked at Subway. What if I would have said, I can't do that? Well, then I wouldn't have. Like so much of it is. Obviously, you have to work. There's hard work. There's luck. There's definitely a little bit of luck in there and everything else to be successful in anything. But I'm telling you, I've never met somebody that gets their dreams as successful and that didn't believe in themselves or start yeah. the process of believing in themselves. Right. There's there's too many stories 
uh, of success to prove it that you can do it too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like someone in your situation has done it. Whether that's with Herbalife or whether that's in real estate or with, you know, investments or, um, you know, with making something from the hours of 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. when you worked in the day. Like you have to make sacrifices, I guess what I'm saying. If you want to change your situation, maybe, yeah, you, you got to sacrifice sleep. But maybe you can make something that you learn on YouTube that's free that you can sell. If it's income that you need, yeah. right? Or, or, you know, maybe it's income that you need so you can pay for your daughter's ballet lessons because she's, yeah. she's her friends at school and just wants to do, you know what I mean? We got we to gotta make the little changes to have big outcomes. So I guess that's, that's a tip, you know, and just make sacrifices for the better. We had to give up uh, a lot of things like, you know, we lost some friends in the beginning. Yeah. Because we were making these changes to better ourselves. They, they thought we were better than them. We, they thought that we thought we were better than them. Yeah. I said, man, it's not, it has nothing to do with that. We just, we don't like only drinking and smoking on the weekends. We, That's a huge we wanna, thing that we have kids people back. And, yeah. That's a, that, the, the losing of the people. Mm-hmm. It's like the crabs in the bucket. You ever heard that? Yeah. Pulling like, them down back yes. into the bucket. Yeah. Like if you put a bunch of crabs in a boiling pot and one of them is crawling up and it almost escapes, they come together and grab the crab and drag it back in. Like yeah. that happens in real life. And people don't, people don't, I don't think they do it intentionally. I don't think they realize they're doing it. It's just a very natural human, like keep you with mm-hmm. my own kind thing. I think I've actually talked about this in one of the episodes, but that's some, that's, a sacrifice that you get to make if you want to do something bigger with your life. And it doesn't have to be business. Like we were talking about, it could be the fact that you're going to go on a health journey now and you're going to get hated on when you're like, oh, you don't eat pizza anymore. Exactly. Oh, you, those kind of things. And you decide to... You get to say, get you know a what? tough skin and decide gonna, that you want a different life. I'm going to skip bowling league on Tuesday nights because all we do is we have the pizza and the two dozen wings. Yeah. Which, look, it's great. It <laughs> tastes great. But it's gaining you weight. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's detrimental to your health, your heart health or whatever. So you got to make a change. You, you get to, right? Yeah. You get to do other things. Take a look at your, your choices. Yeah. Those little micro decisions add up to big results. So. Yeah, that was great, Jeff. That's cool. We did a lot. We talked a lot. We talked lot. for a long time. <laughs> we talked Someone's about dead. <laughs> There's just. There's just so many, too many thoughts to go in, but just the looking at your life. I'm sure that was fun for you to take a, oh, I think Mary said. She said start pulling. But um, getting in a helicopter and pulling back and looking at it all from the top and seeing I, how everything I, connected. There's so many, when you said the 38-year-old, Talking to the 23... I think 23 is when I had Bella. Yeah. Talking to that guy. That was like a pivotal change, right? Okay. So how different is that guy from this guy? I don't know. Um, Different in the sense of... I have a a different life. I would say a better life. Yeah. I am uh, better because I I guess I have more material things. And I'm not really that stressed. Mm -hmm. But... um, the same guy really looking out the same eyes at the yeah. world. Um, I have a lot more experiences and, and the 
a lot more experiences, the ability to, to relate to many, many, many people mm-hmm. through those experiences and, and some sort of connection there mm-hmm. gives me confidence mm-hmm. that I can network enough to look. If the herbal thing didn't work out, I could network enough that I could get a job yeah. if shit hit the fan. Yeah. I'm not scared at all. Yeah. We could get out of a situation because we know so many new people now. And there's just, I, there's so many. There's I so think much that's a big takeaway from listening to you speak is like analyzing your life back and how many things you do know and maybe how many things that, like, what did you spend your childhood doing that could possibly lead you to something else? Yeah. You know, like all these things connected you to where. Now you're working in the nutrition club and you can have a two hour long conversation about duck hunting because you have that experience. And that's what makes, but that's what makes you, you for other people that that's what makes you unique. Like this is called the misfit podcast. It's because Mm -hmm. I feel like I've never like truly fit in with people, but I feel like a lot of people, basically every single person I met feels that way because they have their own thoughts and beliefs and everything so it's like however you are is what the world needs like that's you are the way that you right. are so you can inspire other people like your story is going to inspire other people no matter what it is 100 how we're, horrible we're our or good self-critics yeah so like i look back on all my memories all my experiences and maybe you maybe think that it's just i'm a failure i'm, a, I'm this and that all these negative things and it's just not. It's just one journey. Yeah. Hi, Mayor. Hey, babe. I got this new hat. We're recording a podcast. Cool. Just... Say thank you and good night, Mary. What am I doing? Just say thank you and good night. She's edited and stuff later. Oh, you're actually recording right now? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not like we're live. It's just you edit. Oh, wow. bloopers. Thank you and good night. Was- Thank you so much for being here. I hope that you gained some value or smiles or insight or hope something from this podcast, from this episode. If you did and you'd like to share it, I would be extremely grateful to you. If no one has told you today, I love you and I hope that you have an incredible rest of your week. We'll see you next week.